welcome to another episode of B2B Nation, the official technology advice podcast for sales and marketing professionals. I'm your host, Chris Kleinfelter, and I recently had the opportunity to take part in an expert roundtable discussion at the CEB Sales and Marketing Summit in Las Vegas, Nevada. The roundtable was hosted by Brent Adamson, the co-author of The Challenger Customer in The Challenger Sale, and the roundtable featured Nick Toman, the head of the Sales Leadership Council at CEB, author Jill Conrath, and Lori Richardson, the CEO of Score More Sales. The roundtable itself is broken up into three sections. The first section discusses how complex B2B sales is today, with a specific focus on internal complexity for sales within the organization. Salespeople are having to switch between LinkedIn and their CRM platform and email and so on, leading to a lot of distractions. Salespeople are busy, but it's argued that they're not necessarily productive. The first section begins with Jill discussing how complex the job is for an individual salesman. One of the things that's been top of mind for me is what's happening from an individual seller's perspective and, and how complex their job is and as a result of the world that they exist in on a daily basis. And by that, I mean they live in their CRM, they live on the phone, they live online, they live in LinkedIn, they live in, all, you know, they're all over the place in all these different tools all day long. And what I'm really seeing is a, a just a sheer exhaustion for the kind of work that they have to do from bouncing back and forth. It's, it's like an age of distraction that we're living in. And, yeah. and uh, they're really struggling with the distraction, but they don't even realize it because it's just how they're working today. And it's so impacting productivity that it is uh, a major source of, of gain. An organization can easily pick up an hour or two a day per sales rep by changing how they work, not adding anything, yeah. but changing how they work. You know, i got to imagine that kind of world. Every single professional, sales professional any of us would talk to would all agree, I am incredibly busy. I don't know if they would all agree I'm incredibly productive. No, when, and they are incredibly busy. And most yeah. salespeople I talk to right now are, are literally talking. I'm working day to night, morning yeah. to night. I'm, you know, first thing in the morning, I roll out of bed and I do email triage. And then I go get the coffee going. And, and uh, as soon as I get to the office, I open my computer up and I log on. And boom, my world takes off. And, and I'm still checking email at 9.30 at night. Completely hear you. I want to get into a little bit about what do we do in this environment to sort of manage that kind of complexity. But first, maybe, Lori, we can come to you and talk a little bit. What are, what are you seeing in this environment? Sure. Uh, it, it's funny. Jill mentioned exhaustion. And the word that came to my mind when I was thinking was frustration. Because I, I work with a lot of companies outside of the technology bubble. And, and these are people in manufacturing and distribution and... Um, you know, professional services, and they have too many tools, uh, not enough time, and uh, they they just can't get everything done. So, they're they're getting extremely frustrated. Um, couple that with the issues within the company itself, uh, and then there's leadership. We have leadership issues, and and you put it all together, and and I think you said it well when you said it's hard to be a seller. Uh, you know, absolutely. I find the, the same thing we're seeing in, in our research, Nick. If you think about sort of what we're seeing here at CB and the Sales Leadership Council and all the work that we've done in B2B sales organizations and the complexity of the deals they're doing, uh, we're seeing sort of the, the, the themes that Lori and Jill, you've mentioned sort of the individual level we see play out at the organizational level, don't we? Yeah, there's this, it's, it's almost like a flywheel effect that's happening where we look at the complexity of the sales reps world today 
and organizationally, <clears throat> I think you see heads of sales and heads of sales enablement and operations want to add support to help their reps cope with this complexity. And there's this sort of deep-rooted irony that when we add more tools and add more support and add more people into this equation, it's ultimately backfiring. And so you just start this flywheel effect where it just compounds on itself. And some of our latest data, just for example, um, show us that the average opportunity requires 4.3 colleagues internally to help in some capacity navigate that deal to closure. Um, we see 8.5 technologies required, right? And this is just on average, right? There's extreme examples out there where you're talking, you know, in some cases, a couple dozen tools um, that might be required to move a deal all the way through um, the pipeline. And the net, <clears throat> the net effect of all that is the average seller has what we would classify um, as support touch points, uh, 340 support touch points they have to navigate in a given month to get their job done. And so it's, it's just this absolute sort of compounding effect, all done with the best of intentions organizationally to help salespeople, but it just adds drag, it adds burden to the seller's lives. And there's this sort of deep, just very deep-rooted irony to the whole thing. It's very, very difficult to kind of knock that flywheel out of, out of rhythm and get it to slow down again. What do you do in a world when all the help that we've provided to support reps in a very complex environment makes that environment that much more complex, right? It's a, it's a tough question. Indeed. You know, the, uh, the, there's kind of two knock-on effects that, that, that I've found in talking about the, our research with members around the, the, the world that I find incredibly fascinating as a researcher, incredibly troubling if you're a sales leader, which is one is uh, this tendency of individual sales reps struggling in this environment to deal with all this complexity. And they kind of look around in the environment that you, you know, Nick, that you suggested, which is, you know, I don't see my company as helping me in this environment. I see them in many ways getting in the way of just making it that much more complex. Clearly, it's really hard here. I'll go somewhere else. And of course, they go somewhere else. And what do they find? It's equally complex. It's just right? as complex. It's just as complex. Right. And so, and, and then you, so, and, and everybody loses that environment, right? So yeah. the, the, the organization loses their sales reps who go somewhere else. Not the, and the cost them. of turnover is just empty astro territories, it's right? astronomical. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that sales reps no happier where they've gone. They're just as yeah. disengaged in their new job as they were in the old one. This is a lose-lose kind of scenario. You know, the other thing, though, I find is interesting at the organizational level is that the, um, that leaders will look at sales reps struggling in this environment and they, they're quick to judge at the individual level. And they say, wow, the sales rep is really struggling. They must not be able to cut it. They it's must not be cut out for this environment. And so I've got, so we almost immediately diagnose it as an individual skill problem as opposed to an environmental problem. Lori, are you seeing something like that too? It's just yeah, we, we do see that. And, and I think when you can put some clear process in a place, and some clear expectations. I mean, the first thing when someone comes on board in a sales role at your company, they should learn about their buyer. I mean, we've been, you've been talking about that for two days. And, and if we could focus on the bigger picture and then work down to from there, here is how we're going to interact with them and here's, here's our playbook and give some real specifics rather than what I've seen too often, which is no set process no you know it depends on the time of the year the time of the month you know w what quarter it is whether it's the end of the quarter and it's you know it, it gives you results that are not consistent and so that's something that, that i think the organization could definitely work on and that comes from the top from leadership 
completely agree. So let me, let's do this. Let's, uh, so we've kind of laid out the problem. Let's go around the room and think about what's one piece of advice that you might give to either an individual sales professional or to a sales leadership team uh, to help them navigate what we've now outlined as, frankly, a pretty grim environment. So, yeah. so let's, let's offer some I help. So, so Jill, maybe you, we'll start with you. What I'm really talking with people about these days is the need to rethink their habits and how they're working because the way they're working isn't working and and if you can take a look at somebody that goes into the office and jumps themselves right into email and and bounces all day around from here to there they don't know that what they're doing is not productive and so what needs to be done is there needs to literally be an education about how we work in this office, in this company, so that we're able to, A, get more done during the course of a day. But I think it even goes beyond that because right now, with the complexity of the sale and the need for salespeople to bring their customers' ideas, insights, and information all the time, and for the need of salespeople to be strategic to do this, we need salespeople who are at the top of their game mentally. Yeah. Okay, so what happens if somebody's bouncing around, it's actually hurting their ability to be strategic. Their intelligence goes down. They, they're stupider than they were before. And I literally mean there's research that shows that their IQ literally goes down. I mean, a Harvard MBA who's bouncing around texting and emails during the course of a day can go from a Harvard MBA brain to an eight-year-old brain because they're literally bouncing, which means yeah. they're not strategic. They're not thinking the thoughts that they need to be thinking in order to capture somebody's attention, to keep it, to move things along. So you asked me, yeah. what do I recommend? Yeah, what's, give me a piece of advice. Okay, number one, yeah. don't start your day with email. Hmm. Don't start your day with email. Something as simple as that. If you need to do email triage, that's fine. Right, but I'm the, already toast. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. But, and you so feel like I'm you gonna, have to, but you know what? I don't what? even turn my light on. I'm already doing email. Yeah, I know. And you <laughs> right. know what? How yeah. much of that is urgent right now? And you just jumped mm. into somebody else's agenda. Yeah. You jumped into yeah. somebody else's agenda, and boom, you go down the rabbit hole doing things that other people set up for you today, as opposed to thinking, taking a few minutes at the beginning of the day and just sitting there and thinking, okay, what are the three most important things I need to focus on today and getting to work on at least one of them? I can't tell you how many customers really don't need you to respond right away. Really, really don't, Brad. I mean, they honestly don't. And yet research shows that the average person is responding to emails within six seconds. It's killing their mental capacity. And, and you know that they know you opened it, too. They know. I know. <laughs> I know. Part. So now it's even worse. Now, right? I know. <laughs> Uh, so, so Nick, what about so uh, we're going to come back. So this is the kind of advice we need because it's so hard to follow, isn't it? So, Nick, what about the organizational level? So now we've got because right, we're between a rock and a hard place there too, right? Which is uh, you know, the, the the help I'm offering is actually making it worse. So, I, but I can't stop offering help, right? So, what what now? Yeah, and, and <clears throat> it is. I think I think the the mantra we talk about a lot, and, and you see it in certain companies. In fact, where where kind of the root of this thinking comes from is often more in product development uh, uh, environments where companies focus on developing really simple products and they stay extremely focused on what does a product really need to do and what does, it, what does it not need to do, right? What's additive or extra? You think about products like Apple or Google's products and you see companies taking that philosophy or that way of thinking into their sales operations, into the sales tools, into the ecosystem of support they're putting in front of their frontline teams and really saying, look, how can we 
ruthlessly simplify the support we're offering to the points you know, where reps need that support most and anything else that's additive or noise or marginally impactful, let's, let's, be, let's be judicious about getting that out of the system. Even if it looks good on paper. <clears throat> even if it looks good on paper and even if yeah. the ROI is so incredibly clear uh, uh, on paper because what happens on paper, right, and what happens in reality comes very, very disjointed oftentimes. And so I, I love this notion of, of ruthlessly simplify. And in fact, there's companies we've worked with and seen where they've, you know, they've kind of looked at the ecosystem of support and said, gee, we have you know, 25, 30 legacy systems. Our goal is to get that down to three systems where workflow occurs. Um, you know, CDW is one of the companies we've seen do this and just be judicious about moving everything into you know, as much as they can in their case into CRM to create a common, simple workflow that's supported by the CRM tool where they're moving in and out of different disparate systems and being just as judicious as they can about keeping it easy and streamlined for their sellers to engage with what they need to engage with and nothing more. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, CDW is a great example of that because, you know, the, 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 the phrase, the, the term that they use at CDW about complexity is calories. And they simply ask, how many calories That's must right. a sales rep burn in order to get a deal done? And it's a mental calories. And so if I come back and take your point, and they can put it together, Jill, with yours, it's kind of the same word in my mind comes together for each of them, which is the word focus, right? So how, what can right. we do to focus the organization on those few things that simplify my perspective and know that I should, like, it's, yes, everything's important. It's all important, but it's these two things that matter most. And Jill, same thing, right? So, I, is it, what are the things that you know? What can I cut out because it's not—it's all important, but it can't all be important. It can't right? all be important, and right. it can't be all, all important now. Yes. So, I mean, the Absolutely. question to be asking is, you know, what is important now? What can wait for later? And then to be focusing on the most important thing at this particular moment in time. Totally I mean, agree. And who yeah. determines who determines that? What's most important? Well, sometimes I think the, the leadership team has to really I help agree. the salespeople. I don't think it's a question of leaving things up to sales because you get a hundred different, a thousand yeah, if different you ask opinions. E even deals, you know, yeah. which deals are most important? It, do you have a way of measuring them and, and rating them? Because if you don't, y people are going to be all over the board. There's just so much going on. Agreed. So, in fact, Lori, let me come back to you. So, maybe then we'll wrap up this first of our three sessions, our sections of our, our discussion. But you'd start a little bit with the customer. So, if you if you were to think about with that one sort of practical, tactical tip to help either sales reps or sales organizations in this kind of complex environment, what would you boil it down to? Would you start go back to customer and start there, or would you do something other tip? I, I'd have to go internally. I, I mean, I have to say when I saw all the touch points, and I sat by someone yesterday who had 500 touch points. And, and I, I almost cried <laughs> because, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of like when you're, you're on a sports team and you're at, at the away game and everyone's booing you. Well, that's fine. But when you're at the home game and they're booing you, that's a problem, you know. So you, you've got to get the support internally. And I think a lot, a lot of companies could, could work on that. I think you're right. So if, if we think about sort of taking this part of our discussion and putting it together, uh, we've landed in a couple places. One is more is not always better. In fact, more is nothing more than more in many cases. And so the question is, how do we operate an environment of less? Because uh, that is, in fact, the way that we're going to win in this world. How do we simplify the seller's life? How do we simplify the sales process? How do we simplify everything that we're doing? Because if we don't, we're actually going to wind up uh, just exacerbating the very problem we're looking to solve.